0: and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void more prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Talk Recorded live.
1: Welcome to Cellar Dwellers Home Winemaking Talkcast with Dave Nelson and the other guy. Hey,
2: we're on the air! We are!
1: Unbelievable.
2: good to hear the old (laughs) talk-to jingle. Is that a jingle? That's a
1: jingle, I guess. That's uh, live. Ah, thank you. We're getting uh, service here. Uh, Shrimp, fruit, and and, uh, cantaloupe. Yum. Hey, passionate one. It's been 14 months to the day since we've done a show. Is
2: that right? Yeah,
1: July 7th of 2008 was our last show, and today is, September seventh of two thousand nine, Labor Day. Incredible, Labor Monday. Day. Happy Labor Day to everybody. Ah, uh, no people nice,
2: laboring too much
1: today. Nice to be back on the uh, on the air.
2: Back on the air, talking about something that that we love. I'm passionate about
1: home winemaking. Yes, this is the passionate one, the other guy, and I am
2: Dave, the numbers guy, the numbers guy. Wow. So how did where did 14 months go oh my goodness well i was in arizona for that time and have since moved back which is why we're going to be back doing these shows i think every once, three four weeks yeah maybe, every, like yeah, that. once
1: a month every four weeks maybe aim you want to aim for mondays yes yeah we,
2: mondays the best night
1: i think mondays are the best night we did not even pre-announce that we were going to do this show can you believe that we're just <laughs> okay. I yeah. would have had some fourth.
2: <laughs> I
1: have no agenda, as usual. You'd think if we had fourteen months to plan a show, we would have, <laughs> we might have gotten it figured out. But no, 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 no. Well,
2: and talk shows, I mean, your numbers and shows and and the participants are is still cranking along, right? Talk
1: shows at an all time high. Now, I think cellar dwellers have um, have fallen off a bit, but I must say, I got this really. Delightful message. Uh, in the past 14 months, we have received two count 'em two listener emails.
2: Ladies and gentlemen,
1: introducing my original invention.
0: Seller dwellers, listener email.
1: This one comes from Mike in Australia. We didn't crash. We didn't crash. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Mike says, yeah, he wrote to us on August 13th of 2009, so about a month ago. He says, good day. I recently came across your Cellar Dwellers podcast on iTunes and have absolutely loved listening to them. I'm very quickly making my way through your, quote, back catalog, unquote, Uh, spelled the, um, that's probably the British way, Mm. C-A-T-A-L-O-G-U-E, back catalog of six. 64 episodes. Is sadly, that how many we've we done. yes, believe it or not, sadly it looks like you stopped broadcasting in 2008. Do you still maintain a winemaking presence anywhere on the net? I found your show one of the best sources of information as I try to learn the science and art of winemaking. We are recording, right? Yeah, we we press the record thing. Uh,
2: <laughs> you're the so numbers, it's a, guy. It's
1: a train wreck already. If you're still out there, I'd love to listen or read and learn more. Regards, Mike. And so, brilliant,
2: so a brilliant lad. There
1: was one guy out there who missed us <laughs> for that 14-month period. And
2: found us though during our our, our hiatus, uh, hiatus,
1: our hibernation, whatever we were doing.
2: But he didn't say if he's making wine.
1: Uh, he didn't, but uh, you know, it's probably a good time to announce we are sort of reinvigorating the show. So we'll be here Mondays on uh, TalkShoe, probably every fourth Monday. Um, our call ID is the prestigious two-digit call ID, 18. You know, TalkShoe is up to almost 100,000 uh, call IDs at this point, different shows, and we had one of the first, number 18.
2: But how did we get bumped?
1: What do you mean bumped? Oh, you mean why we didn't have number one?
2: No, yeah. Well, how, well, we're... Are we still number eighteen? We're now? still number no, yeah, oh, oh, okay. number eighteen. But you're you're up to how many did you say?
1: Oh, almost a hundred thousand. Hundred thousand. Believe it or not, but uh, anyone who wants to email us, please uh, send us email at seller uh, at talkshoe t a l k s h o e dot com. We'd love to get your emails, as
2: we've got one from Mike in Australia. can yeah, uh, hear about folks. I mean, this is. The exciting time of the year, because we're kind of anticipating the new harvest for 09. Ah, exactly, but
1: let's talk about what's, what's happened in the last 14 months. I've no, got a little treat for you here, passionate one.
2: Well, as I said, we have moved my family to Arizona, and we've just this summer moved back, actually right around the corner from where we used to live. We're
1: thrilled to have you back here in the Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania
2: region. Good to be back in the north hills of Pittsburgh, enjoying mm. a beautiful Labor Day weekend. Uh, it was like a Chamber of Commerce weekend. It, was, weather, it was phenomenal, very, absolutely gorgeous. It, it was, was phenomenal. Put that mic a little bit closer there. There you go. Oh, you actually want to hear me? No, <laughs>
1: but listeners might complain.
2: I'd rather <laughs> well, do all the talking here. If they, if they here. can't hear me, they're going to be complaining. <clears throat> oh, I'm sure.
1: One of your best shows ever.
2: Yeah, and so back in the berg, and uh, of course missed out on the winemaking last year, and uh, we're going to ask you about that in a little bit, because uh, last year, '08 was not a good year in California in terms of sort of a home winemaking uh, availability of grapes. Well,
1: they had an early freeze in Napa and Sonoma, which made it very hard to get grapes at anything close to a reasonable price. But I have a little treat for you here. The first sample of uh, something we made in 07. This is batch what we call double A, AA, AA, and I just looked up the stats on it. It is 50% Syrah from our '07 uh, varietal, 30% percent '06 Cab, so we threw in something we had left from the year prior, 5% percent '07 Cab, 10% percent '06 Malbec, and 5% percent '06 Grenache. So we've got two years of Cab, Syrah, Malbuck, and Gradash, and I have not tasted it yet. This is the uh, first sample of something we bottled together right
2: mix. before you bugged out. This is this let's, is a treat. And what was the AA? Did, was that did that? That was just a name? code. No, just a code. That. <laughs> it's just a code. A code. <laughs> we put code names on our <laughs> vino in case someone's breaking in. Mm-hmm. Kids, grab the AA <laughs> <and Exactly. run. laughs> um,
1: It's a little young.
2: Hmm. Boy, a lot of oak. We must have had um, some serious oak in that. Some serious oak in that. That is going to be delicious. Mm. Wow. Yeah, a lot of um, What's the, different and, and, flavors. And when was this blended and bottled? Because we always got into this discussion about when do you blend, at the, t- at the time of pressing or do you age separately and then blend, which right. is what so, we have done. Yeah, Sorry. if you
1: recall, um, we we um, there's plenty plenty more over there, Susie.
2: Um we have guests in the uh
1: in the studio. In, the studio. in fact, the studio is uh, using the term loosely, isn't it? We're in a totally different place than we've uh, we've done this before. We're actually sitting in uh in my dining room. And it's a beautiful Ooh Listen, <laughs> listen We're to that. Put the mic up <laughs> to that thing. <laughs>
2: Sorry. Sorry about that, fans.
1: <laughs> I don't know if that picked up on the recording or not.
2: We're gonna talk but, about uh, that. Yeah,
1: there you go. Yeah, that's our our new gadget. Uh, But the passionate one, um, if you recall, we produced all of these varietals separately, and we even um, aged them separately in oak. And then I think you were here uh, last year, it was November, December, and we went down into the cellar and we did the tasting and blending and bottling. So this has been down there for not quite a year.
2: Ah, okay, so it's been blended for less than a year. Yes. But the oldest varietal goes back to...
1: uh, Well, three three of them go back to 06. Uh, In fact, almost half of this is um, uh, 06 Cab, 06 Malbec, and 06 Grenache.
2: Wow, well, this should be... I think this is going to be a winner. So, And and how much of this do we have?
1: Um, Only a couple of cases. Ah. Yeah, so not a whole lot. Um, Obviously, with all these different um, mixes, Alright, so uh, you were living in Arizona. How is Arizona? The Valley of the Sun. You talk while I munch hit, a couple more shrimp. Well, there.
2: hit hard economically with the uh, housing meltdown. Mm-hmm. Uh, third worst in the country, actually. Followed uh, or behind uh, Miami area, basically, of Florida, and Nevada. Las uh, Vegas, and yeah. we know I uh, have some friends there that uh, didn't time that quite right. So... Um, it's still recovering, you know, it's just, it, it's such a much more populated area that more people just tend to keep things chugging along, even though the growth has certainly been curtailed, especially in the housing market. Wow. So it's, it's still, that it's still better than here, which by the way, pulling into the, uh, to greater pit. Yes. I see oh. at most three other airplanes in the whole airport. Which is a scary, creepy. Yeah, I must
1: say people. the um, the traffic in uh, Pittsburgh International Airport has really dropped. Oh off.
2: my goodness, it's just amazing.
1: This used to be a hub for U.S. Air and or U.S. Airways, and they pulled out. They have right, and so uh, they had 80 percent of the gates a while ago, and once Oh, they was it up the,
2: to 80 percent? Yeah, incredible. they had
1: 80 percent.
2: Wow. Well, they're down to uh, one little. A couple little gates. Not many. Amazing. 14 months and back. uh didn't move back just two months ago. And uh, really looking forward to get back into uh, Pittsburgh things and changes of season. And uh, looking hey, forward to the fall coming. Man, this city has it going on. We,
1: we won the Super oh, Bowl. Oh, my gosh.
2: Oh, don't even talk to me about. We
1: it. We won the Stanley. Yeah, you were an Arizona thing. No, but it was it was
2: fantastic. <laughs> it was. I, I had we that. had a ball during the Super you Bowl. You could have won either way, right? You're rooting for the
1: Arizona Cardinals. But my team was
2: going to win no matter what. Either way,
1: <laughs> we won the Stanley Cup. Uh, you know, we, we um, unemployment. You know, as bad as it used to be back in the '70s and '80s. Pittsburgh's unemployment is below both the state and national average. Housing prices are stable here, and we've got the G20 coming to town.
2: That's right. Wow. When is that? Is that? Um, it's uh, later this month. Yeah, I know it's September, right?
1: Yeah, another couple of weeks.
2: Which is pretty incredible.
1: Pretty amazing.
2: So, good to be back in the Berg, uh, back doing the shows. One thing I don't know, and I don't want to embarrass if you don't know. <laughs> wait, wait, which, wait, wait. Which is typically yeah. not hard to do. I was going to say, since when have you not wanted to embarrass <laughs> me? Are <laughs> right, you lying through your tooth? Well... <laughs> Now, see, there you go, putting down West Virginia again. You just shouldn't do that. No, we shouldn't. Well, I'm looking forward to getting back into the, the home winemaking process, but I have not been following how the, uh, the year has been sizing up for California, where we typically get our grapes. Well, you know uh, what we have what I don't we know if you heard anything or, or, you know, since we're getting back into it, we really haven't been, I haven't been up on it. I have to admit.
1: So I've been uh, deep into winemaking since you left. In, in early '08, I got grapes from Chile, and made some Cab, some Merlot, and Malbec. And then in um, the fall of 2008, I got some phenomenal Washington State well, and Cabernet. What, what
2: for our listeners who want to make wine sort of late winter, early spring, when did you actually get those? Like uh, April?
1: In fact, I think they might have come early May. Ah. But I checked the pick dates. and um,
2: um, which, which is still a great time it up is. here in the Northeast because the – the, the temperature is a little more conducive for winemaking. Exactly. So one of them was picked, I think, late
1: March, and then two of the grape varieties were picked April, just a week or so before I received them. They fly them into the airport, and uh, Ron down here at Consumers Produce downtown in the Strip District, as they call it, um, you know, he he makes this stuff available in the off season, which is really cool.
2: Now, how did you? How did they arrive? Were they like from Brem? Were they? Frozen? Were they uh, for the transport? Were they in f- the six-gallon buckets? Uh, right, the so grapes?
1: the passionate one is referring to, in fact, this, uh, this Malbec, I think, that we're, we're tasting in the, uh, the, the code AA. Um, <laughs> is a, that's a Peter Bram, um, you know, we get is, those right. frozen grapes, six-gallon pails. But these grapes from Chile actually came in in uh, little plastic containers that were about 30 pounds each. And I got the uh, actual
2: grapes, so not juice.
1: Uh, actual grapes. Now, they refrigerate them, so they're shipped you know, yeah. quite cold. But, uh, yeah, we got the actual grapes here from oh. Chile. So these weren't frozen. They weren't already, you know, crushed or anything. I mean, they were fresh grapes.
2: Them right know, into the crusher you were going to get, you know, the, the, the grapes in the juice, which a lot of the folks listening is a more typical way to, to make uh, smaller uh, volumes. quantities. But you had actual grapes. Actual grapes from Chile. Oh, it's, it's sort of
1: a miracle of modern
2: transportation. It is. I mean, to think that you could get them here in time before they actually st- – were they starting to ferment already in the transportation? Uh, no, not
1: starting to ferment, but they did because they'd been stored in a very cold environment, uh, one of the batches for about a month. They looked a little dehydrated, a little shriveled maybe, Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: which, uh, who knows, maybe that just makes for a more intense wine
2: product. Well, it, it will uh, certainly cut down on the volume. Now, I've got to
1: say, the, uh, the Washington State cab, that came through Carl the Great Man, our connection over in Cleveland. And, 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 and that,
2: was fall, that was a that year was ago. That
1: was a year ago. In fact, we got call him like uh, probably in the next couple of days here, to start uh, arranging for our 09 production. But back in 08... Carl you know explain who Carl is well Carl Imagine the grape man he, um, he used to be in the uh, used to run a winery, and so he got to know all of the uh, the grape growers or a huge number of the grape growers out in in California and on the west coast in general and uh, after a while, he switched to being a grape supplier. To uh, that thing makes a wonderful noise. It's a wonderful noise. We're going to talk about that. In we a will a bit. talk about that in a minute. Uh, good sound effects, so, though, since we lost our music and our email theme and so on. We'll stick it all in post-production. But uh, Carl, um, he um, he supplies grapes to, you know, probably a five-state area. Anybody who's within a 200-mile radius of. Uh, Cleveland has come to know them, and you and I drive over there sometimes to pick up a couple batches a year, you know, 800 pounds, 1,600 pounds.
2: That's right, and it's just out of a little old uh, the older section Italian section Of a little warehouse. Cleveland And it's just a little warehouse On a little side street A lot of
1: Italians And it uh, feels a lot beautiful. Like being on the set Of The Sopranos It's
2: just a beautiful setting And the reason we mention this Is we've mentioned the show In the past You can't make good wine From bad grapes So we right. You it, can't we make encourage Bad
1: wine from good grapes That's
2: possible And we we've,
1: <laughs> we've tried We've tried very hard <laughs> At 04 Merlot Where we put in Too much tartaric acid We took a good run at it
2: we really encourage folks to invest upfront in good, good berries, good fruit, good product, uh, and start your buy process the best out. grapes you can. De- buy the best you can have come available.
1: Hey, you know, cheap grapes are going to cost you maybe seventy cents a pound. Expensive grapes, the most we've ever paid, buck thirty, buck forty a pound. About a buck forty a pound. You know, so you double your materials cost, but still you're at four dollars.
2: But even at yes, even bottle. at our highest. That we paid for yeah. for grapes with with the bottle and the cork yeah. and, the, and the six dollars right and maybe six dollars
1: and and people that we share this with I was just up at you know up at Lake Erie this weekend and I'd given some guys some wine I was uh, just I hadn't been there five minutes they come running out of their house and I was like Dave that was amazing wine uh, I think people have had so much bad homemade wine. And well, I think there's two mistakes. They start with bad grapes, and people get too much oxygen exposure when they're you know when they're making their wine. To me, the one of the secrets to home winemaking is really minimizing the amount of oxygen that gets uh, you know touches the wine.
2: Well, there's many there's many things in the uh, many steps uh, along the the way in the process that um, that can make. Homemade wine, typical homemade wine. Just yesterday, we were at uh, our new neighbors had invited us over at a nice uh, Labor Day party. I took a magnum of um, our 07 Syrah, and Ooh. it was an absolute hit. Everyone who tasted it, they're ex- in fact, one gentleman came up to me and said, when you said homemade wine, I was, tipped, I was expecting, and he said, and he went like this with the quotation, <laughs> typical, the typical Homemade right. wine, which is either really sweet and cloudy and sort of pale color. Um, and he was just shocked that that this was homemade wine. He said he's never tasted homemade wine. And he said he would gladly purchase this wine. Right. Uh, which will be a topic in future we'll shows. We'll come back to that. Although uh, here in Pennsylvania, because some laws for that has changed, and maybe in your state too, so... Very interesting. Yeah, we'll talk about
1: that in future shows. But one more experience that I've had in the last year was um, I got a friend who is a, um, a wine collector. He has, um, you know, an underground cellar, a really fun place to do some wine tasting. And he's collected a whole bunch of, I'm going to say, five, 6,000 bottles, something like that. Oh, my, that's huge. Huge. I mean, this is a giant, uh, as big as this room And probably 10 foot ceilings, Florida ceiling on all four walls.
2: Oh my gosh. And has
1: a beautiful little tasting table in the middle on a nice uh, sort of oriental carpet. What a fun place to taste wine. But he tasted uh, an an 07 uh, product that we just had bottled. Again, I think we bottled it the same weekend that we did this uh, AA. And um, wait wait a minute.
2: I no. just got the A. <laughs> are you saying I have a problem, <laughs> Dave? Just come out and say it. We're on the air, buddy. Come on. Uh, you know what? You're saying I'm a little too passionate. I'm going to say um, <laughs> you are a wino,
1: but it is the prestigious French spelling: W-I-N-E-A-U-X. Wino. Oh
2: yes, you have pictured that. Yeah. There wino. you go.
1: But uh, this uh, this friend Chuck has said, Dave tell you what let's do some horse trading you give me a dozen bottles of this new 07 blend that you put together and i will give you a dozen bottles from my seller now that is a trade probably 50 bucks a bottle 75 dollars a bottle and he he was serious serious absolutely now he wants custom labels you know so that's yeah. gonna uh, you know crank up the price a little bit but he's willing to trade a case from his seller you know, probably not a Chateau Lafitte, you know, 82. But some, but reason, within but reason. Some reason within very reason.
2: good wine
1: yeah. because he actually considers ours to be that good. Which, no, which wine did he drink? It was a different blend. It's a different <clears> blend, <throat> and the code on it is number one. And I'd
2: have to go look up the actual Oh, this is something you blended while I was away. No,
1: no, you helped me blend it. We just had all these different labels oh. as we were mixing. Remember? So we have AA and then one? <laughs> we do. We have AA, and we've got number one. Well, you remember we did the uh, master blend and the semi master blend. We have all sorts of names for these uh, blends. In fact, blending
2: has to be one of the most fun parts of winemaking. It's a it's it is a blast. We've had friends over and had our single varietals and did. Uh, blendings and blind tasting uh, tests to to see what folks enjoyed the most, and that is a lot of fun. That that can be a whole party right there. It, you know, I I like the seven to
1: one you know proportions of these three or the four four two. By the way, what is this that we're drinking? Because you poured something else into the fine glasses.
2: I brought a bottle of our O five Cabernet, and one of the things we wanted to talk about was aging wine tonight, just a little bit. We're kind of just. Hitting a lot of topics here tonight. We're very rusty. (laughs) (laughs) We've done no advanced
1: planning. We've totally forgotten how to work the technology.
2: (laughs) But other than (laughs) that, we're we're fine.
1: In fact, we do have to remind our listeners, the more you drink, the
2: better we sound. So crack open a magnum, (laughs) (laughs) really. Or maybe go straight to the hard stuff. (laughs) You know, just really uh, go for the vodka. But this is our um, uh, uh, single varietal, 100%. Mm. Oh, you know what it tastes like? Coffee. Coffee. Cabernet, which is coffee. just, coffee. I think, and, and look at the fingers in it. It, yeah. it is just coming along beautifully. That is um, gorgeous. So it's been bottled for approximately uh, three years. Yeah, oh, 06. We oh, no. have bottled in 06. Um, and this is um, one of the things um, we've talked about aging wine and storing wine and selling wine, but it will be interesting to see how homemade wine, with, um, we do we do make wine with um, the um, uh, potassium sulfite for uh, control purposes. Yep. Uh, as as any commercial winery basically does. Um, but we don't want to let random stray yeasts get in there, and you know, right. who
1: knows what you get, what kind of off flavors.
2: But it will be interesting to see how. A, and, and we don't filter our wines. We rack pretty frequently, and they come out pretty darn clear. But to see how these wines of a homemade uh, level age, um, unfortunately, we have a drinking problem. <laughs> <laughs> <All right. laughs> I've got none, nothing
1: from before '04 left, and even the '04 is, you know, which is now five years ago. Even that's getting pretty slim. So.
2: Well, I always throw a, a, a case of. Of things away and forget about them. So we'll be able to uh, get some better down the road. Mm-hmm. Ooh, That um, would be wonderful. No, not long. We'll be at that um, seven, eight years down the road, which is um, will be interesting to, to to see how our wines are doing.
1: Now I want to read another um, email from. <laughs> I should say not another, the other email that we received in fourteen months. This comes from uh, David Jones. He says hello from a fellow winemaker. The maker. monkey. Uh, maybe. Maybe.
2: There you go. Mon- he, was, he was a monkey. Davey Jones, exactly. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, Hello, you too. Just a quick question and a suggestion for future shows. Can you review, suggest the best books to pick up for home winemaking? Uh, by the way, just a, a little aside, one of the great, great books that I've read in the last year was The House of Mandabi. It is the story of... Oh, that know, lays out
2: like a movie, doesn't oh, it? Oh, it
1: really does. I mean, uh, two brothers... They bought um, back in, I think it was the 40s, maybe even the late 30s, uh, the Charles Krug Winery. Correct. Right, and they worked together for 20 years, and then you know they they were progressively becoming you know more and more combative. They literally had a knockdown, dragout fight where one of them is choking the other, and so Robert Mondavi, uh, I think he's like. 52 53 years old gets kicked out of the family business at that time at that time and that's when he started I mean can you imagine being 53 you're cut off from your family business you're out of the wine winery and uh, you're starting all over and and the the cool thing is that today Mandavi is so famous but there was a turning point you know almost 40 years ago uh, where he might have disappeared from the profession, and yet he, he he put a giant footprint on it. Oh my God! In a very very positive way.
2: M- one of the, m- maybe the most influential uh, winemaker in, in, in America. in America. In exactly. And and isn't that? Oh, by the way, yeah. here's another little bit of trivia. Uh-oh. House of Mondavi.
1: I, I another thing that happened in the last year. Boy, there's so much to talk about. There was a, a movie that came out called Bottle Shock. Ooh, get that sound effect! I'm there. getting
2: the sound effect. We're, we're gonna, gonna we're gonna explain that. Do a the little gadgets
1: bit. section later in the show. But here's the uh, the interesting thing: Bottle Shock, the movie, which is probably now available on DVD. Really oh, oh, enjoyed Oh, is that it. the
2: one about um, uh,
1: Chateau Montalena. Pretty closely
2: Thag tied Leak. to the white wine.
1: Well, it was that, both that,
2: white and red, right? But, but I thought the movie focused on the white wine. More when, so, yes. it, in France, yeah, correct? Well,
1: yes. They both won that year. This was the historic challenge that really put American wines onto the map. But the blind tasting where Stags Leap in the red the same category, year, was it
2: the same year, same
1: year oh, I and didn't Chateau Montelena in the white category uh-huh. knocked off the you know these Grand Cru uh, wineries yeah. and. The, here's the interesting bit of trivia. The winemaker for Chateau Montalena had worked for Robert Mondavi, and the winemaker for Stags Leap had worked for Robert Mondavi. The guy had an eye for oh, talent. He really developed unbelievable people. people. Yeah, I mean, there. unbelievable. So uh, in terms of a book recommendation, let's get back to the rest of David uh, Jones. Uh, i got to say House of Mondavi, and for the movie recommendation, Bottle Shock. Enjoyed both of for,
2: them. About wine. About wine, right, right, right. He's asking about Home Right.
1: I've read a few books about home winemaking, but sometimes get conflicting info and don't know which has the best, most used recipes, advice, etc. Speaking of fermentation, you might want to do a show on all the various yeasts that are available and uh, that you two have used and what taste profiles are and what you've gotten from them, etc., etc. And uh, he goes on to say, besides making standard wine, I also make strawberry, blackberry, blueberry wines and or these flavors blended with a standard show mead oh yeah a mead show would be good too love the show and uh, keep on keeping on as long as you guys keep talking about wine uh nice uh uh email nice from email. david nice Jones. Email. so you know a couple of emails in 14 months uh david um i will say that we haven't Used a lot of wine books, and maybe we should do some research, and and we definitely should take up uh, take him up on a suggestion, talk about yeast, because I think we've learned a lot about that. But the one resource a I lot, would yeah, emphasize, yeah, we, we have
2: talked a lot about yeast in the, in previous shows.
1: Exactly, the one resource I would emphasize is the um, uh, UC Davis website, and so we've we've gotten a lot of winemaking information. Uh, out of that the, was
2: really our bible. That's where it was. We, that's where University we of
1: California, Davis. That's where they train. It's one of two great winemaking programs in the country, and that's where we've gotten a lot of our. Uh, and They have
2: a home. They, I mean, not home. They have a a wine. Oh, the
1: online manual, which we printed, and we consult that all the time. That's good and, formulas for you know a, a potassium metabisulfite and uh, you know temperature ranges and so on and so forth.
2: You you can. Um the beauty of home winemaking making is you can tweak it, and make it totally personal. But that UC Davis um, uh, manual is um, a wonderful place to start, and we still reference every time we make wine for for tables, for sulfites and temperature, and and we put and and that, that mic a little bit closer. Their passionate one that it was free, wasn't it?
1: It was it cost nothing. By the way, the shrimp is phenomenal. It's very good. Trump Delish. and wine is a nice combination.
2: Delish. How do you know? Why do you keep telling me to put this closer? Usually you want me to go outside and yell through the window. Can you, do you have a meter over there telling you how loud I am? <laughs> <laughs> or is this just your untrained ears telling me to talk louder? No comment. <sighs> <sighs> Hey, so that, that is a great place to start. We will. Uh, let's you
1: know, talk about uh, yeast, uh, one of these upcoming shows, because the the quick version of yeast is we've discovered a lot of different yeasts that do some really interesting things to wine. We'll typically take a batch of grapes, maybe 800 pounds, but this would work if you had 50 pounds. You split it into two sub-batches and then use different yeasts, which give you you know different flavor characteristics, different mouthfeel, different... Uh, you know finishes, and um, I think we part of our success is the complexity that we're able to get out of the wine by you know dividing the batches and using multiple yeasts uh, again separately. Never want to put two yeasts in the competition. Oh with no, got it. will be like separate
2: batches. It'll be like Arabs and Jews in there.
1: <laughs> 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 it'll be a battle. Uh, but, well, one of them's gonna have, uh, you know uh, unlike the. Uh, what we got two thousand year battle going on between the Arabs and Jews. Unfortunately, when you put two yeasts together, usually one dominates, and you know you don't get any benefit from the from, other. from
2: the other. And didn't you get this idea really from a local wine uh, uh, show that you had gone to back when we started making wine? When when there was a, a Pennsylvania winery who had wines. I believe it was Pennsylvania winery had wines. Made from the same varietal, from the same vintage, with different yeasts. You're totally blowing my cover, because in in show 43, I
1: claim to have invented this technique. Uh Aha,
2: well, uh, (laughs) our (laughs) our crack team of researchers (laughs) screwed up again. (laughs) But yes, uh, it was
1: uh, that uh, Home Winemakers Conference. You can learn a lot at those. You taste a lot of wine, and uh, boy, what a fun time. And meeting other people who share your passion. This has to be, I mean, we're, we're getting close to a decade in this hobby, one of the most fun hobbies ever.
2: Oh, my gosh. Just, uh, and uh, again, and if you look at the people. archives, and, and uh, everything from our favorite time of the year, obviously, coming up here, and, and we'll possibly be buying the grapes a month from now. So, uh, right around our next show. But from crushing and stemming to the fermentation, to pressing, to bottling, to the barrels, to the oak. Oh, the blending. To the blending to the, uh, we talk about cork even. We, even. we have discussions, passionate discussions about that, to making labels, which is one of my passions too, because I like to dabble at artwork a bit. And um, uh, there's even a label, home winemaking label, uh, competition there is in um, which we've never entered. But we have not, which we should, which which would be fun because there you can get between a your adequate as you want. Uh, art skills and my phenomenal computer
1: scanning. <laughs> <laughs>
2: we could rule. <laughs> we could rule. <laughs> the average artwork, but you know, it's a lot like making good wine with. Bad, grapes. bad grape. Bad I can make a good label with a See, bad. It's, it's bad art. <laughs> it's amazing it's what amazing. you can do.
1: Hey, computers
2: are unbelievable. Oh, when you get into computer yes. graphics, you can do anything. You are a genius. But anyway, that is, and then, as you mentioned, probably the very best and most rewarding part of the hobby is when you, like just this weekend, we both took wine to friends and neighbors and uh, and to have folks. Uh, give it as gifts and take it to parties is just, and have them taste, it, and then they get more excited. Exactly. I mean, their eyes kind of open up. You know. In
1: fact, along those lines, I, uh, I have been, over the past uh, few months, doing a lot of professional speaking where I get out to groups of CEOs, people running you know $100 million private companies and I'm I'm keeping you you've got about. a lot
2: of people would be listening to this show going no way <laughs> <laughs> That's, like who would listen who would listen to this guy? who would pay to right listen to this guy, guy. <laughs> we could barely it's do it it's question. free it's, it's a good question. But uh, yeah, he you no know, me
1: into this chair for an uh, hour I'm
2: every in show.
1: Out there talking about social media social networking for business but I always bring a few bottles ah, of wine. Brilliant. And I use that as a um, we'll call it a participation incentive but then I get emails back from
2: you know these are these are CEOs who No, wait. wait know, are, what what do you know no, no. Complete that a little bit more, what do you do with the, with the bottles of wine at these uh, conferences or seminars or whatever well, you're so
1: I so 'm doing a seminar typically talking to you know twelve to fifteen CEOs in a three to four hour presentation, really taking them into the details of you know all of this amazing stuff that's happening in Facebook and LinkedIn and Twitter and I mean you name it There's, it's, a, it's a whole whole new world okay. unto itself and I've learned a lot about it and, and how businesses can use it. And doing a presentation, and you're standing up there as the expert sometimes. I mean, even CEOs can be intimidated in terms of asking questions. And so I put a couple of bottles right out there and say, you know, we're going to have a little competition for the best question. And, boy, do they jump in and start oh, asking questions. Oh, excellent. And then, by the way, I get emails then, you know, After they've later, had the word. Dave, I can't believe that wine. You know, it's just fun. Excellent. I, uh, wine is such a personal gift when you've made it yourself. Heck, even when you haven't made it, wine is a good gift. But when you've made it yourself,
2: oh, absolutely! What a great gift. even if it's even if it's my hands up in the quotation marks <laughs> now. Typical wine. Just the, the the thought, and it always comes from uh, out of your heart and love, and, and it's a it's a, a wonderful gift. And that's a great way to use it. That's that's a uh, oh, that's it's beautiful. It's
1: more fun than, than a human being should have. Uh, by the way, doing this podcast, eating shrimp and cantaloupe, that that is also more fun than, than a human being should have. By the way,
2: the the cantaloupe and shrimp with the wine <laughs> interesting is a combination. Pretty, pretty interesting combo I wouldn't have put together here. Mm. But um, Yum. Now, where are we heading next there, uh, Numbers Guy? I would like to talk about the gadget section. Um, the gadget portion of the show. Of our show. By the way,
1: we didn't pre-announce that we were you know, coming back after 14 months. so we, have, we don't have our usual listeners. No, we don't have our usual, uh, usual listeners. But uh, David from California, if, if you're out there, we need a new audio logo for the gadget portion of the show. Now, he did a,
2: oh, an David email theme. David was absolutely brilliant with it. Right? One he of our the, listeners.
1: Exactly. He's, he did the um, idiom theme. I mean, he's, he's done so many amazing things.
2: He did the Wine News.
1: And he, did e. and he did yep.
2: a third one. I can't remember what it is right now. But no, wonder- the email theme. Oh, the email theme. The email. That's right. Well, but and the, uh, it's the gadget portion of the show. The so. gadget portion of the show, and I want everyone to listen to this. I'm okay, am going to try to put my... Uh, little sound effect. Get a little closer there. It's a little... <laughs> no, that is not what you think it is. <laughs> <laughs> That's for sure, because it really sounds um, rude.
0: Welcome to the Cellar Dweller's Wine Gadgets segment. Is that a wine gadget in your pocket, or are you just glad to see me?
2: This, I'm, and I'll, I'm going to just uh, describe it quickly, but um, this is actually an individual, uh, although you could certainly decant a, a full bottle of wine through this, um, but it, it 's really handy to use for individual glasses, and if you go to a restaurant in fact your your lovely bride mentioned if you go to a restaurant you 're going to have um, where they 're opening the bottle there, obviously they haven 't aerated or decanted it they have not and in and, and any restaurant i mean it 's just impossible unless you 've called ahead to
1: do that well and by the way, uh, people will open a bottle they 'll take out the cork and let it sit there for an hour that does. Nothing.
2: Not much. Right. It doesn't yeah. do much. Not much. It doesn't do much. But this is a little device, and um, it was actually a gift of yours, so we're not sure it was, where it came from. But how would you describe it? Well, decide? it's my sister-in-law, by the way. But, uh, but it, it looks like a... Um, uh, it almost uh, looks like a champagne glass,
1: doesn't it, in terms of the shape?
2: It, it does. And it's um, probably about oh five inches long by its width maybe two inches uh, in diameter and it's glass and what it does you pour your wine through it into your glass or if you're decanting a whole bottle you could certainly do that into a decanter and it has two small tubes that come in from the side as the wine passes through it the the vacuum created sucks air in through these tubes and aerates the wine as it comes out the bottom. Right, so you're pouring the wine
1: in the top, it goes out the bottom into the glass. But as the passionate one says, these uh, tubes on the side are uh, exposing it to air. And so this is probably equivalent uh, in a few minutes to what you would get if you decanted a bottle an hour or two ahead of time. It could be. I, again, it, it,
2: it, dep- it depends on the wine. Right, and um, by the way, It's a really you know, cool um, device, and um, uh, uh, if I mean, a lot of fun, and I think uh, we've talked about decanting and aeration, uh, which is what basically you're doing when you're decanting, um, and all the chemical processes that go on there, and this sort of helps accelerate it. So it would be really good at a restaurant, I think, and this thing could fit in your girlfriend or, or uh, wife's purse. <laughs> <laughs> it's just... It's a really cool
1: item. Yeah, don't tell my wife it would fit in my girlfriend's purse. (laughs) That's probably uh, not Not politically correct. She's sitting over there in the living room but talking to the younger one right now. I think she missed the comment. She hates when you decant your girlfriend's (laughs) wine. Right.
2: (laughs) Let her drink it right out of the bottle, though, rogue.
1: (laughs) Uh, But for the home winemaker who is always so excited to drink wine when it's relatively younger, I think one of the real secrets is either decanting or, you know, somehow fully oxygenating a wine. So in, in a lot of ways, I think this is a more valuable product for a home winemaker than, than
2: even, you know, your average wine drinker. Yeah, very cool. Very cool from our gadget portion of the broadcast. <laughs> All right, so that's, a, that's a, new, uh, uh, a new portion of the broadcast. And if we get really hip, we could actually take pictures of these and post them on the site. Oh, yeah, that would be really cool. Well, that would be – that's another idea. Now,
1: I think it's time for wine news.: Wine news, which this is where
2: we're normally nipping. we have
1: David swirling the top of the glass. ding: ding, ding, ding opening, ding, ding, opening ding, 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 the bottle,
2: right, pouring the, the, cork.
1: the pouring the wine.: I'll, I'll, We'll add all these sound effects
2: after the fact. This there you go. Just in <laughs> I have two items this evening. You do. And I'm going to start in the presence of the swine flu possible ep- ep- epidemic and with kids all back to school. This has become somewhat of an issue. And I've heard Isn't on, it now
1: an official pandemic? I mean, granted, it's not... I it does not have a very. I've not heard that. Right. It doesn't have a, a high mortality rate, but no, I think it does have a high no. infection rate.
2: Yes. And kids are all back in school, and we know that's just sort of a Disease breeding ground incubation. and a social environment right. for this. And one of the things I heard about the swine, the uh, what is it, H H one N one, H one N one. N one. Those are proteins, by the way. Yes, um, and the it is actually a, wa- uh, a, a moisture or waterborne, not airborne, infection process, which is different. Really. Which is different. Which is why even as gross as this is, but even sneezing into your sleeve will prevent it from flying around. So it's not airborne that's the problem. It is actually droplet-borne is what they call it.
1: You know, many of our listeners
2: probably <clears throat> don't believe
1: most of what you say, but I am going to just put in a plug here. The passionate one, the other guy, is, what will we say, sort of from the profession, the medical, you know, I think what you say about medical things has more credibility, maybe, than what you say about wine.
2: <laughs> you know, I am. That might of, be the nicest of... thing you've <laughs> ever said to me. <laughs> I think. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying, to, trying to be. <laughs> I, I know that we're back <laughs> in the studio together. Keep drinking, folks. We sound, we'll sound better in about another 20 minutes. But anyway, this just in, this is from a website, uh, uh, kind of a strange name, but it does deal with wine, believe it or not. It is from the, the Kumkani website. Am I saying that right? Do you know how you would say that? K-U-M? Kumkani. K-A-N-I? Yeah, I'd say Kumkani. 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 And reasonable. I don't know if that's the, hey, the gentleman's name, but it is a website uh, with wine news, and it's a uh, pretty good site, interesting. But this this is... Dealing with the, the the swine flu epidemic, we often in our show we talk about the medical benefits and health benefits of wine, particularly red wine, and we've talked frequently ad nauseum about resveratrol uh, and all of the the we're sort of just scratching the surface on the benefits of of, of this particular. Chemical, But this article goes on to say that resveratrol is a chemical found in grapes and other fruits and the, actually helps prevent flu in humans. And they believe it is because it breaks down the reproduction process of the virus. And the way that it does it is by essentially altering our cells to not give the viral cells the nutrients they need to reproduce. Basically, you're saying if I drink red wine, yes, which you're looking, you're looking more res- feverish, by the way.
1: <laughs> okay, I'm going to start drinking faster. But red wine has more resveratrol than white wine. Right.
2: Because from basically, it comes skin, from
1: the skin right, and, and you don't leave the white wine skin on the more skin in very long, right? And so, I drink this. I'm less likely to get the swine
2: flu. Am I doing
1: the yeah, math correctly? It will make you more resistant to any. Viral-slash-flu infection, which should Wait, include any, any the viral. swine flu. Ooh. Yes. Now, you know, they're finding more and more
2: cancers
1: are viral, right? I mean, obviously, a lot of cancers are from smoking and chemical exposure, but a good number of cancers are viral. So, so
2: That is correct. So, um,
1: you know, I'm just practicing good health.
2: Yes. Good nutrition right here. You can check that out at that website. I'm, I'm not going to bore you because we're running a little long here with, uh, with the whole <laughs> <hello. laughs> What else is new? D- but, you know, let me tell you something, <laughs> listeners. If Dave were reading this, <laughs> we would have been done yeah. long ago. M- go mow the lawn. <laughs> Find a cure for cancer. Come back. He'll still be talking about his article. Me, I get to the point. So, basically, this is yet another benefit of... Uh, it's good to know
1: never changed.
2: Yeah, and by the way, one of the things we're going to have to look up, and maybe if our listeners would email it be, us before the next show. Sellerswellers
1: um, at com, folks. Brilliant. And by the way, uh, Moto Caribe and Robert Saul have both joined us. Ah, even though this welcome. is an unannounced show, we didn't... Welcome. Uh, Promoted after 14 months, all of our normal listeners have vanished to the wind. But we'll get them back. We'll get them back. But
2: but this this leads back to um, what do they call it? The uh, French paradox. The French paradox. With um and they believe that uh, so many health benefits from red wine, particularly uh uh, kind of um sort of the backbone of that paradox. But there we there is resveratrol is found in other fruits, and I believe some vegetables. I know that to be true, but I don't know which ones those are. So, if any of our listeners have any insight on that, and uh, if anyone could email us or get back to us before the next show, we'd appreciate that. That's less work that I have to do, looking it up. (laughs) (laughs) Of course. (laughs) By
1: the way, the French paradox, for those who aren't familiar with it, you know, the French, um, they drink red wine and white wine, and they eat you know more sort of meats and fatty foods, and traditionally, you know, not good foods, and yet they have a far lower rate of heart disease and and uh,
2: so on than Americans. So that yeah, is, well, the the, in fact, parody. this article talks about it. They they consume on average between 30 to 40 percent more fat than we do, mainly because wow. French cooking is butter, butter, and more butter, That's, which is what makes it taste so dang good because exactly. fat tastes good no matter how you slice it, it tastes good. Um, and they, and now, the smoking part of the, how they, they smoke and still live you know, a long life is hard to, hard to gather. But anyway, that is how, how strong a health benefit resveratrol is. And yet, this is another one that um, we've talked about so many benefits of resveratrol, and this is the first time we've found an article on uh, the benefits for well, helping fine, prevent really. Well,
1: who, who knew? I think, by the way, it goes beyond resveratrol. I think there's all these, you know, the phytochemicals and phytonutrients and, and so on. There's just a lot of, good, lot of good stuff in red wine.
2: So that's why we drink, to stay healthy. So is healthy. that all our news? No. Oh, I we've have, got another one. I have another article. All right, listeners, fasten your seatbelts for another 10 minutes. This just in. Take it away, tog. Now, I want, I want our listeners to time Dave when he does a news article because he, uh, okay,
1: <laughs> I whipped through
2: it in 30 seconds. Let's, oh. I'm timing you. Oh, we all wish. Anyway, the French wine industry and the dynamics of some of its main wine styles have come under pressure in the past few years. Authorities and key market players are implementing new strategies to address some of the current problems. problems? Now, they're viewing this as a problem, which I'll, I'll take ex- exception to. One of these steps is in, is... Uh, the new champagne harvest rules that will be implemented in the immediate future, meaning the 9 harvest. They are planning on reducing the production of champagne by forty percent this year. Ooh! Now
1: now when you're talking champagne, you're talking bubbly, but specifically bubbly that's grown, in the Champagne region.
2: Yes. Uh, For our listeners who don't know, that true Champagne has to be sparkling wine from the Champagne region, which is a certain 30, 40, 50-mile radius, whatever, from the town of Champagne.
1: So you can do the exact same thing in Napa with the exact same grapes, the exact same
2: outcome, and it's not Champagne. Correct. It has to just be called, technically, has to be called a sparkling wine. Right. Okay.
1: And so, now
2: we're... Um, Which is,
1: who's, who's behind this artificially suppressing production of, of champagne? Is this some kind of cartel?
2: Well, all that the article mentions is market players, um, the, uh, the main, um, the grand uh, crew producers of champagne. Um, this is... You could call it a cartel, I guess, but the article doesn't specifically refer to one. Uh, but they obviously are organized in a fashion to maintain yields, production, and obviously pricing. Yeah, I don't pricing. think you could do this in the good old U.S. of A. Well, I part of the point of me picking this article... Darn French again. This is the darn French. Um, but basically, cutting production by 40%. But here is the real kicker. They're going to pay the, the farmers, the growers, um, and it gives real specific details on how many um, uh, kilograms per, per hectoliter, which is sort of our equivalent of an acre. Tons per acre, right. And it's basically tons, you know, to translate tons per acre. And they're basically planning on going down to 230,000 bottles per hectoliter, Compared to four hundred and five thousand bottles uh, in 08. What are we talking, about? He- hectares, hectares, or hectoliters? And he- not hectoliters, hectares. Hector. Okay. Hector. Hector is a measure of ground, right? All right, right not hectoliter. Yeah, hectares. So, so uh, my point is, you. And, and, but they're going to pay the farmers. Have fun, ladies. They're, they off the joyride. This is this is to maintain higher prices. Who's paying? Well, the the major the, the, the winemakers themselves are going to pay their growers. They have agreed. This is this is where the, to some, me this gets right, a little collusion. this gets a little little shady. They've agreed to pay their farmers their growers um, the same amount as they paid for almost twice the amount of grapes from the previous year. Interesting. So, it is a, sort of a collusion the growers between are growers sort of and, and the, the wine makers. Pay
1: fine. We're making the same amount of money. Right. We're going to cut back our yields. Okay. So, the champagne makers will have to presumably dramatically improve their prices. Uh, I shouldn't say improve. Increase their prices. Increase their prices. Right in order yeah, to champagne pay for helps. all of those grapes with half the number of bottles. Well,
2: that is correct. This sounds
1: like a French idea.
2: This is a French idea, the, and, the, and it, it goes on to say that the houses are only allowed to bottle those in those numbers, within those numbers. That's pretty interesting. Um, and my po- other point of this is, how do you predetermine this before the vintage, before the year has come to fruition, before... You even know what type of production you're going to have. This goes into some of the politics, and you have, and maybe we don't understand how integrated winemaking is politically. There, here, it's basically, really, let's be honest, one state out of this huge, big, beautiful country. There's really one state that produces wine and has real. Um, has started to have because in the past they have not you could call a cabernet if you had 5% cabernet grapes in it which isn't right either but this this is a whole country who is so passionate about wine and in these certain regions they have obviously maintained legal right to do something like this to restrict production to keep but with the, the intent of keeping prices up now by what the way you, you just what do you call that?
1: Pissed off everybody in New York, Oregon, Washington, <laughs> every state outside of California. We're trying to get sponsors for this show.
2: <laughs> oh, we are? <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, and but, you're not helping. Well, But, but the thing is, I, I, and, I, and I don't know, I mean, New York, uh, Washington, Oregon, um, they have their own laws on what can be called a Pinot, Pinot Noir and what can be called a Syrah and, and percentages. But... They certainly don't limit growers and production. No, and this is a region in France, in Champagne. We've all heard of Champagne that is doing precisely that. Ham. So I'd love to hear. I'd love to hear
1: sparkling wine.
2: I'd love to hear feedback on um, on how folks. uh, What what do you think about that? And because um, we have done similar things in this country with um, paying farmers not to grow crops. Wow, many people starve Wow Interesting thought Interesting thought And if we want everybody getting healthy on resveratrol Grow the damn champagne (laughs) (laughs) grapes. More champagne Which by the way was a faux pas Because there aren't champagne grapes That's true The grape is actually Chardonnay A lot of Chardonnay
1: And uh, Pinot, Pinot, Pinot uh, Pinot, what's the Pinot? I'm not a champagne guy I'm a red wine guy.
2: You know, I'm. I'm just going to let it go with that. The numbers guy. Pinot Blanc. Pinot Blanc.
1: Pinot Blanc. But there's also a good deal of Chardonnay and Champagne, is there not? Or are you going to disabuse me of this notion?
2: Wait till the next show, folks. We'll talk. We'll talk. We'll we'll recover this.
1: Don't worry. We'll edit this whole part. <laughs> I will say exactly the right thing <laughs> in the post production studio. <laughs> and you'll look like an idiot for challenging uh, me. I'm sure I will.
2: <laughs> so that's our news. Is on the wall, folks. Drink, so the bottom line is from Rich's news, wine news segment drink some red wine to prevent that flu, especially if your kids are back in school, which by now they probably are. Wait, wait. Day. Are you recommending that kids drink
1: wine? I. <laughs> checking here. We got a fifteen year old going back to school tomorrow.
2: Should we be introducing him to the AA batch right now? I think we should have (laughs) red wine right next to that little paper cup of tapioca pudding. Uh, It's It's all about health. It's 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 all all
1: about health.
2: health. Wow. Well you know what? I think we have
1: we've just spent a Uh, we've just wasted an hour. hour. (laughs) (laughs) It went just like that. I mean we opened up the show. You spent twenty five minutes on the first news item, thirty minutes on the second news item. <laughs> time to close. I the want show. to
2: time you with your news <laughs> items. Boy, people will see the writing on the wall. <laughs> oh, get
1: yeah, the writing on the wall once they uh, listen to that,
2: you. I think that's an idiom alert.
0: The numbers guy shall now consult thine holy book of idioms.
2: Okay, I do happen to have the idiom book. Okay. The Writing on the Wall. Uh, Go paint your son's bedroom right now. Dave's going to read. Okay, we're going to the... The Writing on the Wall. ...Dictionary of
1: Idioms by Marvin Terban, which we often consult as our idiom Bible. We do. Okay, so it says... It is a sign that something bad is going to happen, a warning of danger or trouble. Uh, This is for all our French listeners that haven't heard this idiom before. The uh, idiom originated in the Old Testament of the Bible. The king of Babylonia had a vision in which he saw a mysterious message written on the palace wall. Now, I'm going to butcher this because I don't have my French (coughs) or Hebrew or... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know, whatever, Egyptian pronunciation dictionary, but it said something to the effect of mene, mene, tekel, absharin. Got that? I've got it. Mene, many, mene, many tekel, absharin. <laughs> something like that, or abharsin. Okay, Daniel was sent to, uh, for to explain the meaning of the strange words, and when he arrived, he told the king it was a warning that his kingdom would be conquered. And in time, the prophecy came true. So, Today, when you see the handwriting on the wall, you have a sense of where things
2: are going. Now, it's interesting that you said handwriting on the wall, because I can augment that explanation just a bit. Yes. What made the writing even more mysterious Ah. is that a hand, just a hand, appeared in front of the wall and wrote that. On the wall. While so he the, was looking at while it. While he was standing there, a hand actually appeared and wrote it on the wall. It, the writing just didn't appear. An actual hand appeared and wrote that on the wall, and uh-huh. Daniel came to explain it. And, How do you uh, know that? Uh, because that's what's actually in the Bible, in the Old Testament. Really? Uh uh-huh. Indeed he do, sir. Wow. Yes. Well, there you've got it. So you authority. Authority. The other guy. I can augment our idiom dictionary just a bit there on that one. Not bad. So what's your verdict here on our 05 Cabernet? Oh, the 05 Cabernet, uh, again, uh, in the bottle for three years, uh, obviously four-year-old vintage, is, is tasting absolutely brilliant. Have you noticed the coffee diminish? Since we've been drinking it, since it's been opened, and and we talked about aeration tonight. Uh, This was opened about an hour and a half ago, and um, I have noticed some of that kind of fade away, and I've noticed a little bit more berry influence take over. That's my take on the 05 Cab. Wow. That's good stuff. Good stuff. Look at that. I noticed you. (laughs) I'm holding up an empty bottle. (laughs)
1: Well, it's time to go to the AA there. (laughs) Yeah, Dave, I think it is. (laughs) All right, passionate one. That's one hour that went by like unbelievably fast, even with no agenda, no planning. 14 months of being rusty. You can talk forever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, thankfully, you talked a lot, so I got to eat the shrimp and drink the cab tonight. (laughs) I think we're going to do that every show from now on.
2: Ah, ah. this was this we we ah. often often we'll bring a little bit of food, but we can we can uh, you know kind of kick that up a notch. Bam. Right.
1: Well, listeners, uh we're going to be back in We're four back. Hour. Yeah, we are back. We are back, baby. And the dog says we're back. Uh we're going to be back again 4 weeks from tonight on another Monday, which will be getting awfully close to well, harvest that's October. time, right? And we should have some grapes by then. We'll we'll update everybody on the uh the Carl the Great Man Report to let you know what's coming out of the West Coast.
2: And and Dave, will, you're going to sort of give folks more of a heads up on I our email list yeah. for that show we'll and uh, notify people talk to maybe a few minutes in advance next time. <laughs>
1: <laughs> of no notice whatsoever. Well,
2: it'll be fun to talk to folks, uh, our listeners, our old faithful listeners who, who uh, make homemade yeah. made wine. Hey, and, I hope Alpha
1: you, King, Alpha King, if you're out there, oh, and hear, David, please, David, and, please come uh, on back.
2: Gosh, Jerry, we have uh, folks from Ohio, oh, exactly. listen, from Man, Other folks, folks from California. The there was a dentist from California. That's right. Oh, but, and Tim from, yeah, Tim from
1: Ohio. Remember, I think we absolutely. still have Tim some vino.
2: But it will be fun to in in the this the premier time of the year for winemaking. Obviously, it really is it the harvest is. coming up hey, to talk folks. to folks about what they're making and buying and doing. Yeah, if you've never um,
1: heard our show before, never made wine before, get out there and buy at least a few grapes and find a way to go to the UC Davis website, read up a little bit, get some yeast,
2: and get the process started. I mean, just jump in. It is phenomenally fun. It, it is, is fun. And tonight was a mishmash life. of things. Uh, Next week we'll get more specific. Because it's the harvest time, I think we're going to start right at crushing the stemming and and yeast. (laughs) I'd like the yeast yeast. suggestions. And um, uh, love to hear from all of our listeners on what they're going to be making this year. All right. Well, just pretend
1: if you're listening live that you're hearing the outro music right now. We'll add it in post-production for everybody else. Uh, Email us at cellardwellers at com. Join us here on TalkShoe, call ID 18 and oh I
2: see what's going on here. Uh, where did your uh, no yeah. no this is my this was my postpartum <laughs> <laughs>
1: what post show uh, let the uh, record Thanks. show that the other guy has just stolen all of my cab all right well with that uh, here's the outro doo
2: over there go talk after- to you in a week I mean a month.
1: <laughs> Whatever, we're so rusty.
0: <laughs>
2: Beautiful.
1: <laughs>